you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Football program available on iTunes and at davedemeshek.nfl.com. Now, here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, football fans. It's your old pal, Dave. Dave Damashek, what's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 121 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at nfl.com slash Sheck. S H E K seated to my immediate right to help get you ready for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. My main man from NFL.com, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. I'm sure. excited for the show. This is it. Two Rank. of my favorites. This. What are your two of your favorites? AJ Hawk is going to be calling in today. Yes, which is huge, and everybody knows that Hawk and I, we. Playing a big game this week. Yes. So Saturday. I enjoy I enjoy his company. I enjoy when he's on the show. And Troy Aikman, one of my favorite players as a kid when he played at UCLA. All right, so that'll be fun, and we may or may not, because we are here at the West Coast Nerve Center of the NFL and the NFL Network and NFL.com, and Darren Sharper, our pal, who we bump into in the hallway and like the kibitz with, mm-hmm. he uh, he may or may not pass through here as well. A guy who played in that Super Bowl that uh, beat Peyton Manning, a guy who is also involved in these divisional round playoffs, his Saints beat them, of course, a couple years ago in that Super Bowl. Darren Sharper also, though, played, you may recall, was a Packer at one point right. and was out on the field when the Packers and Niners played in the stick on the Steve Young pass, the catch two. Game? Yes, he was. In fact, oh, wow. not just not just in that game, he was on the field. He was in the end zone when T.O. caught that pass. Huh. In fact, he's a, a split second late on that play. As T.O. catches the ball, you see Darren Sharper, number 42, fall over T.O. Wow, I don't think of him as being that old. Oh, I think he, well, he was around in the NFL for a long time. I know yeah. he was, but I didn't think he went back that far. All right. All right, so let's talk about these playoffs here. I encourage you, nay demand, to not make another move towards the divisional round games until you listen to this podcast in its completion. I intend for it to be comprehensive, Rank. Comprehensive. Yes. Quickly, though. Quickly. No, no subject is out of bounds. Except some. Right. But I'll tell you, but there's some things that are out of bounds. But otherwise, okay. no subject is out of bounds. <laughs> a couple of things I would like to mention. The shame report is up. 
Also, I made my weekly appearance on Adam Carolla. Go to adamcarolla.com. We talked uh, about sports and these playoffs and this and that and a bunch of hooey and applesauce. Rank, anything you want to throw out there? The pick six is coming out. All Actually, right. the pick six is out. All right, so Rank's pick six at NFL.com. Now, let's do some sports headlines, Rank, because okay. this sports week is overflowing with news from RG3's knee. It now looks like it was a complete tear of not just one but two ligaments. I don't know, given the sophomore slump that we that, that sort of exists, but how many rookie QBs? I've come around on this rank to your side of things. It's easy to cite history for why young QBs don't do well. Well, young QBs rarely have played in NFL history. It's very true. Troy Aikman was one of them who did. Um Ben Roth was right. I mean, in the 21st century, you can cite guys who've done it, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, and so on. But really, in the last eight to ten years is when we've seen young QBs, rookie QBs, really getting out there and playing quite a bit. Um, but that being said, Cam Newton ended up, as I predicted he would, came around in the second half of the year and ended up being gangbusters statistically, at least. But, he, you know, he struggled. And so the sophomore slump is, I, I, I think, is a valid Thing that the defenses spend the summer catching up, and 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 then you have to adjust to them, sort of like a batter in baseball going through the rounds the second time through the league, same sort of deal. So I that's going to affect Andrew Luck and Ryan Tannehill and Russell Wilson and the rest, but none of them are coming back from a serious knee injury. So to me, RG three is a guy, at least in fantasy terms, I'm not going to be jumping on, and I would be very concerned coming back in 2013 if I were a Skins fan. Would not be jumping on that one. No, and I don't understand this news that the Skins that that, that they might be open to trading Kirk Cousins That's at some the last point. Thing you it's a cr- weird thing. And by the way, how weird is it that Kirk Cousins would have this much heat around him? I yes. guess it shows that the 2013 NFL draft class is not expected to be in the in the same galaxy as what this one was. Well, yeah, you look at the guy who who you would have thought would be the top guys coming out of the draft. As far as quarterbacks go, Matt Barkley, Geno Smith, neither one of those guys are going to be playing in the senior bowl. I know, but both listen. Of those, no, both of those guys took a hit, so there's not a lot of great quarterbacks out there. Geno it's, Smith is is a guy. Look, Russell Wilson had uh, – there. it's easy now. I'm not saying that – I'm not putting you in this camp, but it is very easy now. How – it feels like this has been everyone's opinion now for uh, for a long time. Russell Wilson, at the halfway point in the season, people weren't saying, well, what a great decision they made. What, right. what a great call Pete Carroll made. Maybe round about week six or nine. Well, when he finally won a big game when on the road. The Cal- well, right, when he beat the – well, when he beat the Patriots in Seattle, that was the first indication. But, I mean, he was middling. Look at his numbers for a long time. It wasn't even when he was named a starter. It was a long time before everybody came around. Now you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who, who wasn't on the Russell Wilson bandwagon all along. They always knew, oh, these silly experts, he's only five foot ten. Oh, how did they miss on – that's a great question. How did they miss on him? Mm-hmm. But it's another matter altogether, the way the, our brains collectively work, the sociology of once you see it long enough, we all now buy into Russell Wilson. Same thing. Why can't Geno Smith do it? Geno Smith, given what we've seen pl- be, be successful in the NFL from Kaepernick, forget the the very top tier guys. Kaepernick is a guy like Geno Smith runs around great as a big arm. What's the problem? Okay, well, I'm just t- taking the word of scouts, and maybe you're right. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, be so much into the scouting. But okay. no, we should. No, they're inaccurate. Is the point? So we can, you know, they they may not project him to be that 
Matt Barkley, of course, more a traditional guy. But, but there's can, not. But there's not guys like. There's not guys like Andrew Luck, RG3 in this draft. Guys who are going to go one, two at the top of the board. People who you'd have a hard time. If the, if the Kansas City Chiefs take Geno Smith with the number one overall pick, they're going to have a hard time selling that. Maybe they could say some of what you were just saying right there, but there's not that one guy that you look at over the course of the season going like, you know what, if the Chiefs don't make it, well, you know what, they get Matt Barkley. Speaking of that, of that, Andy Reid, is there a decent chance that he'll go and get Mike Vick and bring him with him to KC? And and as far as Andy Reid goes, I was, I've been talking about this all week. I find it interesting. The easy part is to fire the coach as the season spirals downward. I think teams like the Browns, Bears, and Eagles are finding out. The tough part is finding anybody who matches up the guy you coach. I dare say, and I've gotten no small amount of tweets from Eagles fans who, who disagree with me, but I bet you the, those teams would love to hit the reset button or jump into our souped-up DeLorean, go back two weeks, and undo the firings. Because think, who's hey, out there? Mike Singletary? Maybe that. Maybe Mike McCoy out of Denver is the guy that they're waiting on to, to take a run at, but you're seeing the Cardinals take a look at Jay Gruden? Ugh. Yeah, you talk about it. A perfect example right there, the Cardinals. Ken Wisenhut's out there. Mm-hmm. You know what? Do you think they'd rather have him back? I mean, I think they ultimately go with Ray Horton, and they're just going to elevate him. They'll take a run at Mike McCoy. They won't get him. They'll take a run at Ray Horton. Ray Horton was originally on North Turner's staff in Washington, so that he would have an inside track of bringing him in as an offensive coordinator. Now you're starting to look a little bit better, and they might escape it if they do that. But a lot of these teams, you know what? You fire, you fire Chan Gailey. And you bring in the coach from Syracuse. Is that really does that excite the fan base? I'll tell you this. Oh, actually, I like that hire. I do only because of his pedigree with the Saints, Saints. offense. That's I, I do kind of like that aspect of that. But I mean, he's the one coach, the one college coach outside of maybe Brian Kelly. Maybe we'll see his name. Otherwise, just the Bears need to do the right thing and hire their old mustachioed coach Mike Ditka or Wanstad at this point. Better than Mike yeah. Singletary. My goodness. All right. Before uh, Some more headlines quickly. Seattle, a great weekend for uh, the sp- Seattle sports town. Not only are those Seahawks doing well as they head out to Atlanta, but it would appear that the Sonics are coming back. Well, not the Sonics proper. Mm-hmm. It will be the Sacramento Kings. The Sonics proper, of course, now called the Thunder, and mm-hmm. I've offered that they could even upgrade that name. They should be the Oklahoma City Twisters. Right. But I Listen, I'm sure Seattle fans don't care. They'll take a team by hook or by crook, but too bad you, they can't get uh, Kevin Garnett back. It's Kevin Garnett or uh, I mean, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Durant. Durant. Yeah, yeah, even better if they get Durant. It's, you know what? Kind of, it's a little bit silly. I don't know that it's silly, but I feel that the Seattle fans should show a little bit more reverence to the city of Sacramento, who is going to be losing their team. Pretty much similarly to the way that they lost the Supersonics. Now I don't. Now the Kings probably don't have a guy like Kevin Durant who's going to come in there and save their franchise. But it is a little weird. I, I feel bad. I'm happy that the city of Seattle is getting a team back. They deserve a team back. But why Sacramento? I thought Sacramento had done a good job. They really are getting worked over by the Maloof brothers who absolutely imploded. When you think of a family. These guys lucked into this whole thing. They had a great casino in Las Vegas. They had a basketball team that was cool and people were thinking they were the next big thing and they ruined it all. It was all because, you know, obviously the credit markets and they overextended themselves with the Palms had to sell that. And then now the team, they couldn't get an arena built. That that downward spiral has been so magnificent for that team. Um, next uh, headline: Steroids have apparently tarnished that we knew. We've known this. This is an old story, but I was waiting to see. 
Clemens, Bonds. Who wants to? The, the residents of Mount Pius have outdone themselves on this one. The voters of the Hall of Fame. What? Who's going wants to go to this Hall of Fame now if it doesn't have the sports hit king, home run king, or and one of the three or five best pitchers in the sports? Mm-hmm. What is this place you're going to? Even it's right. an invalid joint. None of the twenty, the best players of the last quarter century are even going to be in that place. It's ridiculous. But all right, those are some headlines outside of the world of pro football. But let's talk now about these the, the dandy uh, quartet of games and my favorite one um, I expect to be of the entire playoff run here is the one that's coming up in the stick Saturday night. The, the native son, Aaron Rodgers, traveling back to the Bay Area to take on his, his boyhood team, the 49ers. Oh, it's going to be positively gay. One of the guys that's joining him on that plane from Wisconsin out there, one of our favorites, maybe our very favorite, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you, you two have a kinship <laughs> linebacker of the Green Bay Packers, A.J. Hawk. What's the poop, fella? <laughs> How you guys doing? Well, not I'm as good as well. you. You're in the playoffs, man. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely an exciting time to, to be on the Packers, that's for sure. So I'm, I'm trying to soak, soak it all up. So the defense is rounding into shape, as we saw last week. You did a uh, a pretty nice job on Adrian Peterson, and you're getting those pieces back with Matthews and Woodson and everything else. Week one, we saw what the 49ers wanted to do, which was run the ball, obviously, with Frank Gore consistently against you. But now you throw Kaepernick in. How different is it to prepare for the Niners with Kaepernick versus Alex Smith? Uh, you know, it definitely definitely creates a few more issues for us as a defense. You know, a guy like Kaepernick is definitely a dual threat. And, you know, a big lanky guy that can run that uh, that can get the edge on you. You know, he seems to, to do it a lot against teams. You might think you have him contained, and he finds a way to to bounce runs and and to break off for some some big gainers. So it's definitely a a little bit uh, more preparation. And it's going to be a little bit different, but uh, but we feel pretty good about our, our plan. You guys played them in week one. Do you guys even go back to that game, or is that so far removed that it doesn't even matter? Uh, we, we do go back to it. You know, we've obviously watched it uh, and gone over, you know, what try to fix some of the mistakes we, we made, but it does seem like that thing was like, it seems like game one was a couple of years ago at this point, you know. So that's, it, it feels like it was a, a while back, but we'll, we'll, take, we'll take what we can from that game for sure. What about what Greg Jennings says that uh, he feels like – uh, I don't uh, Packers specifically or teams in general. Do you buy the idea that there's less pressure to go on the road versus being at home? Um, I don't know. I don't know if you call it less pressure. I, I feel like you know guys on our team do a really good job of handling you know anything outside of you know pressure or whatever you want to call it. But I think we feel when we go on the road as a team, we feel really good and, and confident with with what we have. But I think he said it was, you know, it's all you have is those guys on the sideline with you, and I think you can kind of rally behind that. So that's definitely one of the things you, you try to do when you go on the road because especially in, play, in the playoffs, man, their fans are going to be ready. So you got to find a way to get some of that momentum. 
Don't you think it's a uh, uh, – do you guys talk at all? I mean, are the coaches talking? I guess I, I, I don't know how much you'll share with us. But be, listen, no jive, Hawk. I want to hear what the coaches are saying to you guys, what you guys are saying to each other about Kaepernick. Let's keep in mind, he's barely played in the NFL now. Do you guys have any sort of ambition of getting him off his game or that, or, or rooting that the situation is too big for him? What, what, what factor does that play in, in something like this? Uh, I mean, I know you won't believe me. Whatever I tell you, you know, it's not, but it's we'll not like. You. But I tell you what I what I try to tell people all the time is football is not not rocket science. I mean, there's there's no real secrets out there. So we don't sit here and talk about really specific players too much. It's obviously more of our plan and what we plan on doing, and we want to try to dictate to them. You know, we don't want to let them run the show. And I think if you talk to them, they want to dictate to us. So we. uh we just want to, like, no matter what quarterback you're playing, if you can get pressure on them, make them feel uncomfortable, uh, then you're definitely going to ha- have more success. So I don't think we look at it that way, you know, any differently than we would playing any other quarterback in the league. I believe you. You've never jived us before. I don't <laughs> think you're going to start now, Hawk. But then, all right, let's talk about the other QB. Like I said uh, just before you came on here. It's no secret Aaron Rodgers from the Bay goes to Cal. Mike McCarthy, in fact, a part of the Niner staff when they decide to go Alex Smith instead of Rodgers. I mean, on a human level, come on, you're a fella. You get it. Is is Aaron Rodgers, does he want this one more? Is he is he, is he extra excited for this one because he really wants to put on a big show and really wants to show the Niners and the Bay Area something? Um. I don't know. I mean, I, I was actually asked a, a similar question a couple of days ago by, by some media here, and what I told them was, if he does, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty close with Aaron. We hang out a decent amount. If he if he is extra excited or or like you said, he wants it that much more, he's not going to tell us. You know, he's not going to tell anybody around us. But I think he's always super competitive, and and you can never, you know, he. I know he's talked publicly about having a chip on his shoulder or whatever from the draft and that whole situation and whatever, not coming out of high school and not getting a scholarship right off the bat. So I don't know, whatever drives him, you know, that it, it seems to be working for him so far. So he can he can use whatever kind of motivation he needs, and I know he's going to have a lot of family in his band, so hopefully that works in our advantage. I think you should get in his ear. I, I think it should be sitting there when you're hanging out with him and be like, can you believe they didn't draft you? They drafted Alex Smith. You should, you should like me t- tell him like I heard Alex Smith invented the discount double check. He's got the DVD player on the flight. He's trying. To, I'm trying to watch the Avengers. Hawk, get out of here! And then no, no, no. We got to talk about how they didn't draft you. Yeah, we might do that, but then we might. It might not be good for the quarterback and one of the linebackers to get in a fist fight on the plane. <laughs> you should True. do like the Darnell Jefferson from Fast Times at Ridgemont High and take his car and smash it up. Hey, they drafted Alex Smith. How much, Hawk, are you guys aware? I feel like you care a little bit about the history of the NFL, but how much are you aware? Do you remember growing up? In the 90s, those Packers and Niners games were gangbusters. I mean, it was it was almost a perennial hookup in, in January. Are you guys aware of that? Does that matter to you guys at all? Um, I mean, I think it's more on an individual level. We don't talk about it a whole lot. Um our team, the crazy thing about our team is we're so young. A lot of these kids were, you know, they were barely born when those games were going on. I, I have a vague memory of them, but I'll be talking about, about events going on or stuff that's happened when I was from times when I've been playing in the NFL, and a kid 
a guy on our team will be sitting next to me and say, hey, sorry, man, I was in seventh grade when that happened. So <laughs> it's crazy how young, how young this team is, and it's fun. You know, their, their energy is fun to be around. So it also reminds me that being a seventh-year guy, I'm one of the old guys now. Yeah, they, they realize Brett Favre was once your quarterback, right? Yeah, they, okay, they, they freak don't. out when I tell them I played, I played with Brett for two years. They, can't <laughs> believe, they don't believe me. <laughs> Wow, that is uh, that is a funny thing. So, all right, do you guys talk about this at all? Have you noticed? I know it's uh, it's not uh, generally something to do. A lot of is looking ahead, but have you guys at least noticed that there's a chance that you'll play the Seahawks for the NFC title? Of course, yeah, we know all the situations that could happen. Well, you know, remember remember what happened in Week Three? They got like it got some media coverage. I remember that. I don't know. <laughs> a vague memory of what happened. I don't know. I know we went there and played a game. I'm not really sure what happened. I was there. I watched it. I wasn't sure what happened either because the one referee did one thing and the other referee did another. I'm still not sure what happened there. But you have a chance. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a nice story? It'd be a fascinating thing. It'd be awesome. It'd be fun to, to take part in another game with them. I mean, they're they're a great team, so it'd be fun to play against and. And I say it a lot, but man, I don't. I don't think the the TV networks would be too upset about another matchup like that either. Yeah, true, true. I say when you guys win on Saturday night, you, along with all the television executives, will be rooting for the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Whatever happens, we need to take care of business on our on our end, and, and we'll let all the. All the other stuff take care of itself. Oh, don't well, worry, I've penciled you into the championship. I oh. penned it in, Hawk. I I went. Oh. I said preseason Green Bay Packers over the uh, New England Patriots. I told you last time. Final score two twelve to two o three. Green Bay Packers. No offense to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I. No, that, that, that doesn't, I don't know if I should feel good about that. <laughs> defensive player, but hey, if we get as long as we get the W, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it'll be a memorable game. That's all. Um, but, but wait, we gotta we gotta settle something. And for people who listen to the show regularly, we need a little bit of payoff this because the last time AJ was on the show, we were gonna we were gonna help you out with something at home where you were gonna be referred to as Hawk by your wife. How is that coming along? You know, I actually went home and told her that shortly after we had that conversation, and she was not on board with. It. <laughs> she, she is usually she is usually on board with a lot of the crazy schemes I come up with because I, I act like I'm five years old when I'm at home. I have a two year old daughter, and she she acts older than me. But my wife honestly looked at me, and I think she might have even called me a douchebag when I. <laughs> Well, that could be the other way she goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna maybe I'm I'm actually driving home now. Maybe I'll try it again. Try I, it again. Either way, it though, again. it yielded a new nickname for you. If That's we, perfect. If, if we have to help out, <laughs> let us know. You you can start with the kid, though. If you win the kid over, that could be something that carries on. <laughs> oh, you're. That's a great point. My daughter is like a little sponge now, and how she repeats whatever I say. So that's. I'm going to start with her. You guys brought up a great point for me, and it'll help with my my parenting skills. You know, I'm, I'm teaching. I'm teaching her things. See, um, hey Hawk, it was uh, you know much to my disappointment. Of course, two years ago, I was there in Dallas and watched you guys beat uh, my hometown team, Pittsburgh Steelers. But good for you; you had your Super Bowl. But it feels, in a lot of ways, and I'm not the first person to mention this. It seems like you guys are getting right in terms of health at the right time now. So, is do you guys feel like you know Greg Jennings back at the number one, then naturally slots Jordy to the number two, and so on, and it makes everybody better because they can play in the spot where they can thrive. Is that the vibe around there? Boy, this is breaking just right for us. 
I mean, we hope so. We we definitely feel it. We we know that you have to be be playing well at this time, and you kind of have to be peaking as a team. So I mean, I think there's a if, if nothing else, there's a really good you know feel and good energy around around the facility, and guys guys feel pretty confident in in how everything's going. But you know, if you uh, if you take one or two plays off, the whole the whole outcome of everything can change. And we know as good as anybody that your season can end like that. You know, if you you have a, even the tiniest letdown. So I think we're we're confident, but we're we're also a very you know loose team that that feels pretty good about where we're at. You know, it occurs to me that you guys have a pretty tough run. Let's say that you can take care of business this weekend. Adrian Peterson, for you specifically, for Hawk and the guys that actually have to butt heads with these running backs, you could go Adrian Peterson to Frank Gore to Marshawn Lynch. How fatiguing is that? Yeah, that's that's a great point you bring up. Um, it definitely is. Your your head will start to feel those those shots you're taking with those guys. Um, those three guys you named right there are all big-time, powerful runners that seem to have rocks for heads, too, when you try to tackle them. So I have a ton of respect for, for those guys, too, and especially how hard they run. And, and Frank Gord, he's always been a guy that I've had a lot of respect for and super physical runner and, and really good. So, it's uh, yeah, you definitely feel it after the game. But the good thing is I – I feel as good physically as I ever have, so I, I've been I've been bouncing back pretty quickly after these games. My head and body have I felt pretty good. Peterson, the best one that you've tried to tackle this year. I mean, yeah, I mean he you have to give it to him. He's just he's just a you know I, I'm sure you know everyone has talked about, it, but he's he's amazing. I've played him now for six straight years, I guess, and he's just he's a freak. He uh, I you know tons of respect for him and. And I, from everything I hear and been around him, he's a super hard worker and, and gets the most out of his ability. So, yeah, he's 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 got to be the top of the list right now. I can't believe you and Peterson have both been around for a half dozen years. I remember when you both came into the league. Speaking of which, what about Ohio State in 2013? I know you have a game to worry about now, but look ahead real quick. What about uh, OSU with uh, Urban Meyer and company? They're going to be playing for the National Crown. Oh man, they're uh I, I sure hope so. I think they can definitely do it. Uh you know, a guy like Braxton Miller at quarterback with, with the cut type of scheme Urban Meyer has, I mean it's it's pretty tough to stop. It's pretty dynamic and and I said it before, I think I don't know if I said it on your podcast or not, but what they did what they did was giving Ohio State this suspension from going to a bowl game, all that did was put the other teams at a disadvantage because it gave Urban that much more time to recruit. Think about how many how many high school games and different schools Urban visited and hopefully got some recruits to, to decommit from other schools and bring hmm. them over to Ohio State. Yeah, good point, good point. All right, Hawk, we want to let you uh, get inside, take care of business with uh, establishing that nickname with your two-year-old girl um, and then getting ready for for those Niners. What are you going to watch on the on the uh, flight over there? You have the DVD player, is that what you're going to do? Um, I'll probably download a few documentaries on my iPad or – a lot of times I will listen to different podcasts, you know. The, a lot of times I'll, I'll doze off listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. My One of my other favorite comics, Burt Kreischer, has just started a podcast. So I like his. So I'm usually listening to podcasts more than anything. Maybe I'll, I'm, I'm going to probably look your guys' stuff stuff up. My dad, actually, I was talking to him. He's a you got a new fan on board of your podcast. When I told him I was going on your stuff, he's, he's been listening to you regularly. Awesome! That is uh, that That's is good uh, news. That is excellent news, Hawk. And Wait. yeah, why don't you check it out, Dave Damashek Football Program? And uh, why don't you okay. try Joe Rogan? Listen is to you're... Corolla's podcast. That's uh, I'm on Corolla. that one too. 
Corolla. Oh, you're, you go on Corolla? Yeah. Okay. See, I'm I'm in the. I don't I don't know about this. I you guys is really the only sports podcast I've ever been on, even though it's a quasi sports slash pop culture. I love it. So I'll have to. Uh, to check you out on on the Corolla. I know he's kind of the guy that got podcasting rolling. Yeah, that's he's right. Really yeah, it's a, yeah, very funny guy. Um, but Hawk, you're a delight yourself there. So, all right, go ahead. When you have more time, we're going to talk some Homeland because I feel that oh, my yeah. prediction was pretty Ooh. close. If oh, you remember, because okay. I said Brody was going to be in on some sort of strike, they left it vague to where you know what he might have been in. You never of- know, Brody. What you know, Brody's you know he's British. Yes, it's too disconcerting. They talk- couldn't. They, they, they couldn't. Oh, but yeah. By the way, spoiler, everybody. Brody's British, but <laughs> they couldn't find an American actor to play a marine. Is that is that how hard up our acting community I is? I don't know, but he fooled me. I heard him. I don't know if I told you this. I feel like I might be repeating myself, but yeah, I heard him talking. And I couldn't believe it. He he does such a good you know American accent. He was a. I was almost hurt a little bit when I heard him speaking with his British accent. It takes a little bit away, and the guy who plays Estes is from. Uh, I think he's he's got an accent too. He's not American either. What should we should tell, send Hawk off with a movie recommendation though to help get him ready for this game? What would it be, Rank? What's the? I, mean, I don't want to say Rudy. That's a little too that's obvious. Too and plus, he's, it's Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. That would be imb- that. yeah. That's going to bring him down. He doesn't want to be associated with. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, what about Hot Tub Time Machine? Oh, that might be good. I think that puts you in a good mood. <laughs> I've seen it. That's a that's a solid movie. I can handle that one. All right. <laughs> All right, Hawk, listen. Go get him out there in the stick. We'll be rooting for you. Our main man, your wife, may call you a D-bag. We call you <laughs> our pal. All right, so, uh, Hawk, go get him. We hope to catch up with you sometime soon, and uh, enjoy yourself out there on the West Coast. All right, thanks for having me. The great AJ Hawk. Dave. He's a he's a peach. Awesome ain't every it? time he comes on. You know one thing I'd like to talk to him about more. I like every year because you know you know rank. One of my things is old school college football. I the BCS has fixed nothing in 2014. It's going to be made right. It's going to be the greatest tournament in sport. I think the four mm-hmm. best teams. It's going to be gangbusters. There will be no weak sisters in this thing. There will be no you know equivalent we'll of eliminate- an eight. There will be no equivalent of an eight and eight team getting into the into a, a four team playoff. It's going to be wonderful. But in the meantime, I like how it used to be before the BCS started. January one used to be those five bowl games. Let me just tell you what they would have been. Here's how I have it okay. roughly mapped out. How would this have been for a New Year's Day for you? January one, the Fiesta Bowl would have kicked things off. Teddy Bridgewater's Louisville team against Andy Murray's Georgia Bulldogs came so close to beating Bama. That would be gangbusters, wouldn't it? That's the start to a a day of watching football. Louisville versus Georgia. Cotton Bowl, Texas A&M, Johnny Football against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, I'm applying some 2020 hindsight here because we now know that Notre Dame, they, they got exposed by Bama Texas there. A&M would have beat them. Yeah, they were not the best or the second best team in the country. A&M would have whipped them the same way Bama whipped them. The Rose Bowl would have been Stanford and Wisconsin as it was. The Orange Bowl, how about this? Kansas State, Colin Klein against Florida State. Now, if you want to put the Gators of Florida in there, that would make some sense, but do we want three SEC teams all no. in there? So I put Florida yeah, you State You already there. have three SEC and teams. And the way the Orange Bowl 
Oh, yeah, right, I do. So, yeah, I can't have uh, half the teams in there. So, all right, so Florida State was a good team. And the old Orange Bowl, the way it would work, it seemed like there was always a Florida-based team down there. Seemed like it, yeah. And they, they would send a Big 8-slash-Big 12 team there. Lastly, the Sugar Bowl, your national championship game, essentially, Alabama and Oregon. Now, that, that would have been something. Is that final spot at large? Is that how For Oregon the sugar? gets in there? The old sugar? sugar? Yeah. The the way it it used to work was that the at-larges were the fi- two in the Fiesta, one in the Cotton Bowl, one in the Orange, and one in the Sugar. See, that, I think they. I think what would have happened is I feel they would have put Notre Dame in with Alabama because— They would have, but I'm, been, I'm revising Oregon, it to make it as entertaining as possible. But Oregon-Texas A&M still would have been a good game in the Cotton Would have been a wonderful Bowl. game to, to enjoy, that's for sure. So, all right, listen, that's old times, and I like talking, Rank, as do you— about the old times, and uh, to me, growing up, I'll say uh, I like to talk about rivalries that exist outside the division, and then this, of course, or almost always means that there have to be some postseason hookups there. Mm -hmm. And I think in our lifetime, I would say Raiders and Dolphins in the 70s was a great rivalry that would happen all the time. Rams and Vikings would play a lot Rams, in the postseason. Rams, Vikings, and Cowboys. Raiders and, right, Raiders and Steelers played three straight seasons in the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cowboys and Steelers play, have played three times in the Super Bowl. Um, and then you get into the, I feel like the 80s didn't really have that. You had the Niners were the best team, and then you had sort of had the Giants were in the mix and the Redskins. I guess the NFC East was pretty compelling stuff. But then that gives way to the 90s, and that's when the Cowboys rise back up with Troy Aikman Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, and they start playing those Montana Niners and then Steve Young's Niners, mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful rivalry. And then you also have, like we just talked about with Hawk, the Packers and Niners kept hooking up, and they have a, a nice history there. So this leads us into Troy Aikman and also rank as a UCLA aficionado. You enjoyed yes. watching him because people are what, – what, there's so many different directions to go here because, of course, Troy Aikman started at Oklahoma. He was a Sooner. Mm-hmm. In his freshman year, Broke gets his hurt, right? I remember, Miami. Wa- remember watching that game on TV on the turf out there at OU, then transfers to UCLA. Holloway. and well, they, win the, they win the national championship that year with Jamel Holloway. Right. And they and, and, and by the way, this isn't an age when when he's playing that was just beyond the reach of cable. I, did, I barely saw Troy Aikman ever play a game at UCLA, save maybe the USC game every year. Mm-hmm. Great teams. And they, his junior year... They had Gaston Green, Willie Anderson on offense. Who on became Flipper Anderson. Flipper Anderson, you might know him I like I like him as an adult, that he's Mike Anderson, but then he, he uh, or Willie, Willie Anderson. Anderson. And then when he's about 23, like, yeah, let's go Flipper. Yes. I like that. And he never, his son Dre plays for uh, for Utah. Oh, does he? Yeah, I thought they were going to name him Dieter after Dieter Brock, but oh, no, they went Dre. That's a, I don't think we can count that too, one. Too weird. The Dieter Brock drop? I don't, I'm going to I'm gonna deny that one. Okay. That, you thought they were going to do that? I thought maybe. <laughs> no, you didn't uh, Defensively, they had some pretty good teams, too. They had uh, Ken Norton Jr., Carnell Lake, Eric Turner, James mm-hmm. Washington, Daryl Henley. Really good teams that didn't come through, but... You know, All right, still one of the best teams. All right, well, uh, while we wait for him, uh, you listen. I'll, uh, you talk to him. He's your okay. he's your guy. Your UCLA, affiliate, one of your nine hundred thousand teams that you root for in sports. It's really getting to be a little too bit too much. much right? well, you can't. Ha- you have you have seventeen NFL teams. Yes, you have including our Steelers. Guys. You have two hundred ninety four 
college teams of some pretty much, sort. Pretty much any West Coast team outside of uh, BYU I will root for. Well, I mean, here's where you're having it both ways. It's outrageous. You love to root for all these. I don't even know the, the, the Big West and all that these nonsense conferences. I won't root for Long Beach. State. These fringy conferences. And then fringy. you also are going to embrace UCLA, one of the perennial powers of one of the powerhouse conferences. Fair point. Troy's on the line, guys. We got him. All right, I'm turning it over to you, Rank, to, All right. to, to steer this thing. Hey, what's happening there, Troy? Doing good. Thank you. Well, thanks for uh, joining us on the show today. Uh, I'm going to cut to the chase. The big news, of course, is everything. Everybody's talking about RG3. What do you say? Did Mike Shanahan do the right thing with RG3? Well, you know, I think it's all in hindsight that people are commenting on this. Uh, you know, he this was not his first game back from the injury. Uh, it was his third game back. And, you know, I don't recall anybody questioning whether or not he should play against Philadelphia or whether he should have played the week before against the Dallas Cowboys. And in my opinion, he did not run well against Dallas, uh, looked very stiff. He says that it was because of the brace, looked about the same in the game in the early going against the Seattle Seahawks, they jumped up 14 to nothing. Had they have gotten behind in that game, I, I think Mike Shanahan would have said, hey, this guy's a non-factor. He's not going to give us the best opportunity to win, and a change would have occurred. But when they did get behind, uh, it was due to the bad snap that ultimately made the decision for, for them because Robert Griffin was done. So uh, I don't think really any criticism should be levied at Mike Shanahan. If there was a risk of him playing and further injuring that knee, you know, that's not for a football coach to determine. He didn't go to medical school. Mm -hmm. uh, that's for a doctor and for a trainer to determine. So uh, I don't take issue with anything Mike Shanahan did. Well, they keep talking about had RG3 had to convince him that he was all right. Is that unusual? Say that again? Well, they, they're making a big deal about, like, hey, RG3 convinced them to let him back onto the field. To me, that doesn't seem like that's unusual. No, it's not unusual. I mean, I think that they're – you know, there were a number of instances in, in my career where uh, players would say to the coach, hey, I, I want to continue to play. The coach would question, are you sure that you're, yeah, I'm fine. I want to play, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help the team. And, you know, at the end of the day, the coach, the coach determines at the end of the day whether or not that player, based on what he sees, is capable of helping the team. And that's why I say the team was, they were leading. They were up 14 to nothing. And granted, after that point, you know, the offense didn't do much, but they were still winning the game. And they don't have a veteran quarterback as a backup. They've got another rookie quarterback. And given that he had come off the bench and he had played well, you know, in Baltimore and then, of course, in the Cleveland game. But uh, that's why I say, had they have gotten down early in that game when Robert Griffin still wanted to play, my guess is that Mike Shanahan would have come to the realization that this guy can't move well enough to help us. But uh, based on the way that game unfolded and what happened in real time, uh, I, I don't think that anyone was at home screaming that this kid, uh, you know, shouldn't be in the ball game. It wasn't until after the injury occurred that uh, then hindsight they say, well, you know, wow, he should never have been in the game. But he was in. Not only was he in that game, but he was in the game the week before. And nobody said anything. He was in the game the week before that. And nobody said anything. So. Uh, I, I like I said, I I just think it's a lot to do about nothing, and it's unfortunate he got hurt. And I speak for a lot of football fans out there. I'm sure. I hope he comes back stronger than ever, like Adrian Peterson did. But uh, you know, I don't take issue with what Mike Shanahan did. We'll go back to that a little bit. We talk about Adrian Peterson being able to come back. Is RG three going to have to change the way that he plays football going forward? 
Well, you know, he may have to just out of necessity. I mean, he may have to because he doesn't have a choice. I don't know how he's going to come back from this injury. Uh, my guess is if he comes back and he is capable of doing the same things that he's always been able to do, uh, that they'll still continue to run that offense. I think without that, he's he's not he's st- he, you know he can throw the football. He's not one of these guys who he's not a one trick pony. You know, I mean, he's a seventy percent passer. He threw the ball extremely well from the pocket. But if you limit him to that and you take away his ability to run, uh, then he's not as uh, he's not RG three. You know, so uh, I don't anticipate that there'll be dramatic changes uh, unless, of course, he comes back and he's just not able to run as effectively as he once did. Mm-hmm. A lot of it too is just having the threat to run. It just seems that as long as he has the opportunity, that that the chance that he's going to be out there running, that that's enough to make defenses have to respect him, right? Well, I think that the threat of it, absolutely. Um, and it could be to where, you know, he's like, let's say, an Aaron Rodgers, you know, that is able to throw from within the pocket, and then when he gets flushed, you you take off and you make some things happen, and you don't have this pistol read option, you know, as a part of the game uh, or as, as big a part of the game plan as what they have. And, you know, those are all things that they had to weigh uh, when they drafted him. They've had to continue to monitor those things throughout the year. There's other quarterbacks that they have the same concerns with, and it's one of the reasons why over the years you haven't seen option football in the NFL because these guys hit hard, uh, and when you get outside the pocket, uh, whether the league likes it or not, the intent is to hit that guy as hard as you can, and if he gets knocked out of the game, then that's probably giving your team a better chance to win the game. And so those are all decisions and questions that the Redskins will be asking themselves in the coming months. Hey there, Troy. Uh, let's talk about the uh, game you're going to be doing, the Niners and the Packers there. And it, to me, it seems to come down to, I mean, the storyline is great that Aaron Rodgers, the Bay Area kid. It seems to me practically, though, that the game comes down to the pass rush of the 49ers and Aaron Rodgers' ability to get away with it, get get away from that. What do you think after last year, we saw what happened in Lambeau with that Giants pass rush. What's different this year that's going to allow Rodgers to thrive? Well, I, I don't know that it will be different. You know, I mean, that's why we get to play the game and see what happens. But, uh, you know, I think that when you look at the Packers this year, uh, they've won a lot of different ways. You know, last year that wasn't the case. I mean, they were a high-flying offense that went up and down the field throwing the football. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was the league MVP. It hasn't come as easy for this team this year. They're better defensively than they were a year ago. They've run the ball better here in the second half of the season than they did earlier in the year. I don't anticipate that they'll run the ball that effectively in this game. Having said that, I don't see Mike McCarthy abandoning the run. Uh, you know, He's pretty balanced even when they haven't run the ball particularly well. I think that will be important. But in being able to do that, their own defense has got to be able to keep the game close. And, and I think that they'll be able to do that. I think the Packers defensively have, have done some good things. And uh, you know, so those are the types of things that, that have to occur in the game for the Packers. Clearly, the, the 49ers come in wanting to run Frank Gore, uh, just pound people physically, get after the other team's quarterbacks. They were able to do that last year uh, in the NFC Championship game against uh, Eli Manning. Ultimately, they lost that game. But these are two teams that are that are very talented, and they're exceptionally well coached. So... To me, it's going to come down to you know some of the the boring things that when you have two teams that are evenly matched and well coached that they come down to, and that is you know who makes the plays when they when they have to, who's able to make the catch that makes a difference in scoring a touchdown or having to settle for a field goal, who protects the football. You know both these teams do an excellent job 
of not turning the ball over. They're, they're, they both have 16, just 16 turnovers for the season. Uh, I don't anticipate that being any different in this game. I think they both will protect the football, but you just, you just never know. And uh, the Packers last year protected it, and then they had these t- turnovers against the Giants, and they ultimately lost, and nobody really saw that happening. So, you know, if it comes down to a kicking game, then it's anybody's guess. You know, we don't even know who's going to be kicking for the 49ers, if it's going to be David Akers or Billy Cundiff, who they brought in to challenge him during the bye week. Uh, and Mason Crosby's gotten better, but he's been, uh, as we know, very inconsistent throughout the year also. It seems to me that it really – the the Niners obviously have the formula for success. We saw it in week one a long time ago, but uh, same teams, the big difference. Colin Kaepernick, any – any chance do you imagine what percentage or I don't know how to even quantify it, but chance that the stage just proves too big for this kid when it didn't for Russell Wilson or for the, uh, the other youngsters out there. Yeah. I don't anticipate that being the case. You know, he's not a rookie, uh, even though this will be his first NFL start, uh, in the postseason. Uh, you know, you, and you never ultimately know how a guy's going to respond to that. But I think, you know, watching his body of work and, you know, his first start against the Chicago Bears, a great defensive team. He he had you know primetime television. He handled that very well, and he's he's played well. He's you know he's done a great job of protecting the football, and and so yeah, it is different. The postseason is different from the regular season, but I don't I don't expect this game to be too big for him. I, you know, I think it's it is a lot like what we saw last week from the rookie Russell Wilson, and these guys just seem to be wired a lot differently today than than what they were at one time. And, and I expect Colin Kaepernick to come out and continue to do the things that he's done all year. And, Troy, you're joining us here today on behalf of Ticketmaster, and I will point out that back in 1988, Ticketmaster was where I got my tickets to go watch you guys beat up <laughs> on the University of Nebraska. One of my early memories as a young man is the two Very guys good. sitting in front of me, the guy turning to the guy next to him going, this is Nebraska, as you guys were pounding them. Great football teams at UCLA, but talk a little bit about Ticketmaster. Yeah, you know the teams and stadiums right now—they're reporting that you know counterfeit tickets are on the are on the rise, and big games coming up last week in the playoffs. You know this weekend, and then of course as we move on through the Super Bowl, and you know these uh, counterfeit tickets are uh, certainly increasing. And the only way fans can be sure that the tickets they're buying are real uh, is to go through the NFL Ticket Exchange. It's it's the league's only approved resale ticket marketplace. And you want the experience to be positive. And these fans that, you know, they put out some money and they want to go to the stadium and know that the tickets that they bought will get them in the gate. And uh, this is the way that they can be sure that that's going to happen. And that's through the NFL Ticket Exchange. You can go to nfl.com slash ticket exchange to find out how to go about purchasing those tickets. Okay. Well, Troy Aikman have a wonderful time over there in uh, in the Bay at the Stick. Man, oh man, Packers and Niners getting it back on the renewal of this great '90s rivalry. Speaking of which, there were none greater maybe in our lifetime ranker in the last twenty years or so than those Cowboys and Niners hookups. There, one of our favorite things to talk about with Michael Irvin is uh, <laughs> over here is how many the Cowboys should have won. The fact that your team should have been maybe held up should be right now discussed as 
the greatest of all time. You just about had it, if not for that pass interference call, that crummy pass interference against no Mike call. Irvin in the in the non-call. Right, right. And then the ensuing 15-yard penalty against Barry Switzer there. We but, got uh, close. Uh, <laughs> we got close. But, uh, hey, I'm not complaining about what we were able to do. Yeah, you ended That's up right. doing all right there. You did, you did all right. All right, man. Hey, listen, thanks so much for the time. And like I say, uh, say hello to the great Joe Buck for us, too. You nice fella. Hey, thanks, guys. Dave, Dave. All right, so there he goes. But Rank, do you agree with me that this that this Cowboys team, mm-hmm. that early '90s team, really? I, I like to do those animated uh, bits on the on the NFL.com, the NFL, and I did one about this. That if Scott Norwood, very popular, I've heard, but the uh, numbers never lie on that. I, Boys do very the, well. They do do well. I, from what I hear, so the. Um, I did one about what if Scott Norwood had made that kick against the Giants. How is that related? Here's how. Because if the Buffalo Bills had won the first Super Bowl they played in, then the next one they go to is against the Redskins. Now, they they lose that game, but let's say they show up for that game in a different frame of mind. They're more confident. They have a swagger. They've been there before and been victorious. Therefore, they show up and beat the Redskins. Even if they don't, we perceive that Bills team to be different because they're not – by the time they get to the Cowboys Super Bowl, their third straight, Mm -hmm. now now you're thinking, uh uh-oh, are they going to lose three Super Bowls in a row? How humiliating – as opposed to this is a hey, the Bills a juggernaut they're the AFC juggernaut they have a ring they they every year you set your watch to it these Buffalo Bills these Bills always get to the Super Bowl against the unproven the talented but unproven Dallas Cowboys now the Cowboys win that game and then the one after that against the Bills again even with with just one win the Bills would be perceived differently. And therefore, raise our perception of what the Cowboys team was. Mm-hmm. The same way, you know, rivalry. That's what it's about. You need a rival. They always say that. And Ali, we look at Ali differently because he fought Joe Frazier those three times and, right, and, and right. won two of those. The Steelers of the 70s are regarded differently because they beat those mighty Dallas Cowboys teams twice out of two games against them. You right. know, history would be completely different if the if those 70s Cowboys had won even one of those games. So by the same logic, wouldn't that Cowboys team be different? And then maybe... Well... well and then also, you know, Jimmy Johnson doesn't leave... And uh, and Barry Switzer doesn't come in. If Jimmy Johnson, had stayed, they would have won three Super Bowls in a row, and that alone would have been enough for them to be regarded as the best team of all time. No one's won three in a row. I, I Ergo, see, they'd be the best. I see what you're saying. I say, okay, we're going to give the Cowboys, let's say Buffalo wins two Super Bowls in a row. Super Bowl 27, we'll give that one to the Cowboys. Fair point. Dallas is young, hungry. Buffalo maybe a little bit reeling. But if you go into that rematch the following year where the Bills now, because you've got to remember, they have that, that, stare, that chip on their shoulder of losing three in a row. Once something goes bad, then they're done. Yeah, the that's team, right. And that game turned True. because Buffalo was dominating them in the first quarter. So let's say Buffalo wins that one. Buffalo wins three out of four. Dallas then comes back. Jimmy Johnson has no reason to quit. After that season. So in 94, Dallas comes back. Okay, you know what? They don't fire him. There's no Barry Switzer. So Dallas goes to San Francisco, wins that one. 
They beat the Chargers in the Super Bowl, so that gives Dallas two. Going into Super Bowl 30, the Bills have now fallen off, so the Dallas Cowboys then win Super Bowl 30. So now they've won three out of four again, but the time frame is pushed back. But then when you think of that, not only is it pushed back, then you got to remember the guys that Jimmy Johnson picked when he was the general manager coach of the Miami Dolphins. So now when there's free agents leaving Dallas, he's starting to draft guys like Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, some of the other good guys that he was able to, un- John Avery, just guys that he was able to unearth on those teams are now Dallas you Cowboys. You just undermined your point by mentioning John Avery. But I, wasn't but he, the wasn't large, he a nice, no, he was all right. He, he was, was a fine. nice little back that yeah. would have fit in nice with that. In this yeah. era, probably more than that one. That's yeah, he was really a, a, he was a shift dealer. Right. What was he, wait, Ole Miss? Is that where John Avery so. went? It's, Mississippi State, something makes, like that. Um, anyway, all right, let's get it back now to present day here. And let's get our picks here. You can, Oh, I forgot to mention, you and I have taken care of Sheck to the Future for another week. We've jumped into our souped-up DeLorean, jumped to Monday mm-hmm. to divine who's going to win these games. Um, and uh, let's go through them now. Spoiler alert. Go watch the video at NFL.com and or continue to listen to us now. Packers, Niners, a great one. Renewing this, uh, this inner... Inter, it's inter, not intra, interdivisional rivalry, one of the best that we've seen in our lifetime in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Packers, what do you say here? This, this to me, like I just said to uh, to Aikman, there, it comes down to making plays, Rogers' ability to run away from that pass rush there, right? And that the, the Packers' offensive line is crummy. Rogers has shown the ability to run away from pressure. The actually the reference I'll make here is an ironic one because the Packers lost to the Giants last year. But remember that game, Hakeem Nicks catches the the hail mary at the end of the half. Mm-hmm. That game goes very differently in the second half if that doesn't happen. And two, they just kept dropping passes the whole day. They, the pass rush was all over Rodgers, but he kept making plays and running away from the pressure. Remember how often he was doing that in the second half of that game, right. and the his receivers just inexplicably were dropping passes all day. So using that as the template to justify my pick, I will take the Packers because what do I say, Rank? I don't say Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He's the best quarterback of all time. He proves it in front of his in front of his people, you see, mm-hmm. in the Bay. He's going to do it. How say you? The Packers win this game, and oh. I look back at what the – New Orleans Saints were able to do against them last year. Drew Brees, they're able to throw all over that defense. Even Eli Manning had success against them last year in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship game, at least in the first half. I think Aaron Rodgers has no problem moving on this defense, and they will win this one. Maybe going away. Going away, you say. I think I, I, that's what I said the other day. I say it again to you now. I think Aaron Rodgers has won for the ages. I don't know what else happens. I think that Frank Gore, I think those defensive pieces, the Packers have not been great defensively stopping the run, but that, and their past defense has been better. And let's say it comes down to this. I know that there are, you know, listen, the, the Niners can rush the passer. The Packers can't stop teams from rushing the passer. That seems like a problem. But just I, so I'm going to oversimplify. It's a quarterback league. Aaron Rodgers versus a guy who's barely played in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'll take Aaron Rodgers. I, I'll trust that Kaepernick it will make one bad play early in the game. It, there's a chance. Packer. I, I, this is one of those games I could see it being 14 nothing in the first five or ten minutes of the game. Right. All you need is a quick strike by the Packers. Kaepernick is uh, is too jacked up. He overthrows a receiver. They pick it off. All of a sudden, it's 14 nothing before he mm-hmm. before you even uh, settle in in front of the TV. Fair point. 
All right, so let's talk about the next game on Saturday, or actually the game that will precede that one. Baltimore Ravens at the Denver Broncos. To me, this is the easiest one of the week, the weekend to pick. Everything lines up in Denver's favor. They're well-rested. I don't know how much that matters now. Obviously, there have been plenty of teams that don't have a bye that do better. And, in fact, the teams that have the bye are the ones who tend who, who seem like they struggle to get it back going once they stop down for a little bit. But Peyton Manning has the Ravens' number. That defense is not that great. Just because they took care of Andrew Luck at the tail end of his rookie season does not make that defense suddenly terrific. I felt like, on a human level, watching that game last week in Baltimore, that was it. That they mm-hmm. felt that this is this is the climax of our season. Yeah. It didn't feel like, yeah, we're now, now another step on the ladder. It, I, it just did not feel that way at all to me. It felt Are like, you? we did it. We punctuated Ray Lewis's career. Now... Let him get out on the golf course or whatever else he's going to do in his life. It doesn't feel like this is a team that has amb- not doesn't that lacks the ambition. But I, you know, I'm sure they wouldn't talk about it. But are, is Joe Flacco really going to beat Peyton Manning in my high and then Brady and Foxborough? Come on, they know it. They know that. Are you saying that a John Harbaugh coach team would put extra emphasis on a game that's not necessarily the Super Bowl, but then not carry the ultimate on- game? But carry on like they won the Super Bowl after they won that game. Oh, they love their histrionics. They love dancing around and patting each other on the back, even before the game starts. That, that, that doesn't matter. It's like, hey, party time. We're great, ain't we? Watch us dance, everybody. Now, I've noticed on the shame report, because I didn't watch the opening of that Ravens game, did he really come out with a clump of dirt like that? Yes, or he had a weird photo? dirt prop. I, like I say, what, can you imagine Dick Butkus dancing on the field years, like that? He's done that by the way. Not to revisit this whole Ray Lewis thing and not to be a Ray Lewis apologist, but he's done but that for you. Will. Yes, he's done the whole. Like, What's he's weird in, to have a dirt prop? He's a, brought in a piece a of great, Someone brought up a great point how like they would want to talk to the guy who brings out the dirt. Like he probably has some pretty good stories to tell. Like he I'm sounds sh- like a shout out. <laughs> Why don't you? Well, that's, that's a great assignment. job, though. But that's I don't know if you can turn for bad jobs. That's not a good as good job. a job as the guy who gets to run out onto the field to pick up the kicking tee after the kickoff. What that's happened? A, what they used to have dogs do that. Did they? Yeah, they'd have a dog trained to go out there and run up and pick it up. I like that. I'd like to see that. What great stories do you imagine there would be about the guy who brings the the hunk of dirt out? I don't know. Like, (laughs) what's the story? Yeah, and then the then the next week, then I cut a different uh, six inch by six inch square. That's his job. Like, what what if he's well paid? It's a six figure job. Like, hey, what what do you do for a living? Oh, I. uh, I grow the the piece of sod that Ray Lewis carries out of the field with him. It's ridiculous. All right, you're right, Black Tie. I don't want to dishonor. I, I don't intend to dishonor Ray Lewis. As I've said before, in his prime, there were few I've seen, if any, that were as fast sideline to sideline as he was. That's for sure. Oh, while we're on this, no shout-out to Reggie Wayne, though, for trying to paint the whole dance as disrespectful, which I understand his point. What's You know what's weird about that is that Reggie Wayne went to Miami, right. and so surely about... they cross paths. Ray Lewis is older than Re- Reggie Wayne, but my guess would be that Reggie Wayne is probably four years younger, 
they probably, as Ray Lewis is leaving, Reggie Wayne is probably in a freshman class. Yep. Is that fair? Something like that. Yeah. So why would Wayne want to open himself up to that? Don't they have? Don't the Canes have alumni get-togethers and everything? Who wants to deal with that? And ha- and and what sort of narcissist? I like Reggie Wayne, obviously, and I think he's going to the Hall of Fame. But what kind of narcissist would say that was disrespectful to us? Well, I don't think they were thinking about you in, in any way. I think they yeah. were they were marking the end of this guy's career. Which so. is saying what we were all thinking. Did you know that Ray? Lewis was college teammates with The Rock. Oh, it's really? so weird to think about. Yeah. Funny. You know who Troy Aikman, I think, was uh, a classmate of was uh, Buster Rhymes. No way. Buster Rhymes played at. That's right. Didn't he play at uh, Oklahoma, I think? You can still Man. see on you can still see those. You know old... who Buster Rhymes is, Damashek? You don't know the name of the new Batman movie, by the way, which you just called the new Batman movie. Uh, please. But you know who what Buster is? Rhymes Black is. Black Dye. Shh. I don't think you're you making a point. You, you do not want to get into. I'm just asking. Who knows more about pop culture? Or is well, that really? No, no, I really do. Do actually. I know who Busta Rhymes is? I'm surprised because you didn't know the name of the new Batman movie. That's I hey, don't hey, care Bat- what it is. Uh, I was hey, diminishing uh, it. It's Dark Knight Rises. I was intentionally calling it Batman to diminish it. It was overrated. That was my point. What is, I agree with you on that. What is Robin's but... name in the bat in, in Batman? We're not talking comics here. Okay, let's, then let's I not don't, talk comics, don't, I don't want you. I don't want you to come in like you're an aficionado if you don't know what you're talking about. All right. Now, so I say Denver wins, and they win. I don't necessarily foresee a blowout. We remember they these two teams played each other, what was it, three weeks ago, week 15, maybe four weeks ago. Got smoked and in they, Baltimore. Uh, yeah. The uh, Broncos whipped them on every level. The to me, the singular moment of that game was Joe Flacco throws that pick six mm-hmm. at the goal line, and it gets returned 99 yards, you, him chasing on, in vain. Yeah, you said on Twitter, like, that was the saddest moment ever. I can't see. I'm a human being. I'm, no, I'm not a Baltimore Ravens fan, but I don't. But people accuse me of hatred. I don't hate any team, well, with the exception of the Philadelphia Flyers. That's the only little, one I hate. You do seem to enjoy twisting the knife into no, the No, I Ravens. don't. You do. No, I don't. It's disingenuous when you try to avoid it. Just admit it. I don't have any. You're, you're you're now becoming that. I am not you're, biased. You're becoming that. You're becoming like my a guy. heart is biased, but my brain is clear. I can. I, what I want to see does not equal what I think is going to happen. In this case, I think the Baltimore Ravens are overmatched. I think they, their defense in particular, on the field quite a bit against uh, against Andrew Luck because they were taking a lot of snaps in the second half for those Colts. And Denver, obviously, and the the Broncos, nice and rested, at home, the defense a little long in the tooth. All these things add up to a Denver victory here. I will be very surprised if uh, it turns out the other way there. That would be the – to me, that's the biggest surprise. Last if the Ravens Denver quor- don't the Broncos don't take care of that one. Sorry, last Ravens quarterback to beat Peyton Manning, Elvis Gerbach. Wow, that's a nice stat. I don't know how many times they've played. Oh, but they've played pretty decent uh, amount. Yeah, decent amount, especially in January. All right, then we turn to Sunday, mm-hmm. and you have the Seattle Seahawks right. going into Atlanta. Now, like we say, the number one seeded Seahawks are the most slept on number one seed. Perhaps in NFL history, you mean the Falcons. Fat? What I say? You said the number one seeded Seahawks. Oh, I thought I called them the Braves or the Thrashers yeah. or the Hawks or the Flames, and I am now out of Atlanta teams. Okay. The no, yes, the Falcons. Save Kerry Collins, uh, 2008 Tennessee Titans. No one seems to be picking the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl. 
all of a sudden, I feel like maybe they do have a chance here, especially with Chris Clemens, the Seahawks' best pass rusher, on the shelf. Bruce Irvin, the youngster, takes over for him, I guess, on on almost every down now. Mm-hmm. Um I'll tell you, I just like like we've gone back and forth. I'm gonna stay with the Seahawks. I've turned around and I'm now on your side rank. I like the Seahawks, the momentum they have going there. I practically more more important than the momentum they have. I practically like their ability. This is something we've been talking about for two and a half years now. That Seahawks offensive line, by you know, with with great purpose, they set to building up both lines of scrimmage to be rugged. They had injuries along that offensive line along the way, but it is solid now. It is dominant. Marshawn Lynch is terrific and a rugged back like we talked with A.J. Hawk about. No fun tackling him. But, you know, I, I, I buy the rhetoric that you could almost put any running back back there behind a great offensive line and they'll be productive. That's what Seattle has going for them. I think they can steamroll. I think that's the bottom line. It doesn't have to do with Russell Wilson is a phenom or anything else. I think that Marshawn Lynch can pound them. I th- that That's what I anticipate. That'll be the difference. And those big corners won't be scared of those two big receivers for Atlanta. How say you? Yes. Don't fall into the trap where you were kind of edging near where you would start I to believe. Got, because, I, because they're good. The, so the Falcons aren't garbage or anything. In the playoffs, they have not shown any indication that they can come out and win the games that they need to win. You know what? They need to prove it at least once before I will ever buy any. You mm-hmm. look back, I agree. You look back over all of it, you go into Arizona and losing to those Kurt Warner teams, and then the Game against the Packers when they were at home last yeah, year. Yeah, you don't the road, sit at the twenty one table in Vegas and say, Hey, four straight hands, I've busted here. Well, this has got to be my one. That's a losing strategy. Right. Don't play don't try to chase those. So yeah, I'm don't have a lot of confidence in the Falcons. Feel that the Seattle Seahawks were able to kind of shake the nerves, kind of get a game underneath them. Teams like that, when you have a situation where you get Forgive the cliche, get punched in the mouth. They fall down by 14 points, are able to rally to beat the Redskins. Now, of course, part of that is because RG3 gets hurt. But Yeah, one, still... more, one more RG3 touchdown, and, the, and it's very different. P- yeah. History will absolutely forget that. If, if Seattle somehow finds its way to the Super Bowl, history will completely forget the fact that had RG3 healthy, just stayed healthy. They, the Seahawks probably end things in D.C. They get probably don't out. get past yeah, D.C. blown out. But you know what? They got that All one right. under their belt. They escaped. And they will go out well, and take along it to the, the lines of what you said about the Buffalo Bills, that's exactly right. They pl- you play differently, and that's where the Atlanta Falcons are right now. If they fall back seven points early in this game, or they fall back by a couple of scores, are, are, isn't their frame of mind going to be uh oh? And and you'll feel it. And that's why I say, in a way, sometimes it's better to be on the road than at home because you'll feel it in that building. You yes. know, won't you feel it in that oh, dome? The fans will already be thinking it before the oh, game even it'll starts. Be a, it'll be a morgue in there. People, <laughs> I mean, it, it'll be worse than that. There will be a negative electricity running through there. All right, I'll take the Seahawks. I obviously, as a number one seed at home, I'm not going to be stunned if the Seahawks. I mean, the Falcons do it, but uh, let's take the Seahawks there, if only because it'll give us the fail Mary rematch for the NFC crown. Oh, it would be dandy. The you Seahawks know are the better team, though. That's. That too. Well, I wonder how much it matters, though, to lose their best pass rusher. Would you say that Chris Clemens is not a household name? He has about about 11 sacks in the season. Four Mm -hmm. of them were in one game. That's and other than that, he's been fairly mediocre. Yeah, I don't. I I don't understand people dismissing Bruce Irvin. 
Yes, mm-hmm. Bruce like, Irvin, I actually think, is even more dangerous than he is. Like, he, well, he's I, not as beefy. It's, it's fair as, enough. as simple as that. I but. like a defensive end that wears number 51, though. Do you? Why so? It just looks cool. Cause uh, I, that's what I liked about watching the college games when you're watching all the bowl games is that the players can show a little variety, have a little mm-hmm. bit more fun. I don't know if I would I go do with like the defensive those Irish, end. I do like those Irish guys wearing number nine, those interior linemen wearing number yeah. nine. That's, that is cool. Clowney wears number seven. Yeah. I might go... If I were a linebacker, I would in the NFL. I think if I had any number, I'll tell you, sixty-six is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like the double. I like double digiting it. Can you even? You're not allowed to go seventy like Sam Huff anymore. That would look pretty neat. I don't know if they are. I, you I, know you I might go. See, I might know, go ninety. Ninety is pretty cool. Are you talking about numbers you're allowed to wear? Yeah, because I feel like. What you said about number seven being the most. It's the coolest number. It's the coolest number and for any position, even clowning. It's an Mitchell. arrow. Look at it. It's an arrow pointed upwards, the number seven. If That's I where was, you're going. If I, if I was a quarterback, I would wear seven. If I yep. was a receiver, I'd wear seven. Even a running back, it seems. Although for a running back, I think it's cool when they wear number six. And don't sleep. Yeah, it's all right. The, the, don't sleep on if you're a... A uh, a sniper in NHL hockey. If you're mm-hmm. if you're a winger who who knows how to fill, nothing looks better than that seven. Nobody. Yeah. I don't know why no NHL player wears it. Right, Sandstrom wore it. Where? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean you, you've seen it, but it it, awesome. well, Phil Esposito wore it, of course. Mm-hmm. Not, Can I, I point out one more random fact about Bruce Irvin? Please do. He's the black version of Danny Trejo. Doesn't he look like Danny Trejo or Danny Trejo? Whatever you want to say his names. Doesn't I, he look just like him? The black version of Danny Trejo. Yes. Am I embarrassing myself by saying who's Danny Trejo? Yeah, He's like the – yes, you are. He's, He's the like, preeminent bad guy in every Quentin Tarantino movie. Danny Who always Trejo. has a knife. Oh, like, that guy with the mustache. The yeah. Man. No, he's in Heat. He's one of the bad guys he's in, in Heat. heat. Oh, he's, right. a, he's in Con Air as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I know. Is he even in it? Oh, no, he's in Dust. Wait, is he in Dust Till Dawn? He's, he's also probably in Anchorman. Is. He's the bartender in He's Anchorman. also in the um, yeah, Grindhouse would be one, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah well, he a- was uh, machete, machete. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, l- last guess. So oh, that's not a bad. That's not a bad call. San Francisco or Green Bay at Atlanta. You know, hey, listen, I uh, here. Uh, no offense to you, Falcons fans. I like my January football played outside in the elements. I don't want to watch a title game in the dome. The Super Bowl is already going to be in a dome. No more domes. I want to see it in Lambeau Field. That would be cool. Yes, no, I actually was born in ATL, but I'm not a big Falcons guy. I just don't believe in them. I know you're from uh, from the ATL black tie. All right, so last game. Let's talk about this one then. The Patriots hosting the Texans, the story of the week here, the bulletin board material, the article by uh, – who wrote the article Shaughnessy, from the Globe? Probably. Dan Shaughnessy. Yeah, it was Dan Shaughnessy. Wrote the article basically saying everything always goes in the Patriots' favor. It has again. There's a cupcake. Um, I think he basically calls the Texans a pretender of a team, a, a fraudulent team in spite of the good record, and now they get them, and, the, uh, you know, and, the, and they're going to – uh, walk to the Super Bowl, basically. Um, I say this. I, I think that matters a little bit, but but on a practical level, I think the Texans can run the ball on a mediocre to crummy Patriots defense. What that defense has done versus in recent years, they've rushed the passer reasonably well, but the other thing that they've done is they turn the ball over, the Patriots have. Mm-hmm. Now, that uh, that is not something that you can depend upon, of course. That's why I said the Bears were going to fall apart. Everybody was so high on the Bears at around, what, week 9 or 10? This is the best team in the NFC. I said, listen, 
do you expect them to keep scoring two defensive touchdowns a week? Settle down, everybody. Right. It's not dependable. It's not something mm-hmm. you can set your watch to. You know, the Patriots, they're going to turn the ball over. Maybe. Matt Schaub, uh, you know, is, is, are they, is Arian Foster not? Doesn't it seem like uh, the shortest distance and straight line and the easiest solution? Can't you see Arian Foster just sort of mauling them behind that big offensive line? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Texans definitely made a mistake when they were wearing the Letterman's jackets and rolling Mm. into New England. Biggest game we've ever played, all that jazz. But they learned stuff from that. It was similarly to the way the Colts kind of learned a lesson when they got taken behind the woodshed or the RFK shed, if you will, by the Patriots because – you learn something from it, like this is how a champion reacts. This is how mm-hmm. you approach a game like this. So now the Texans kind of have that. Okay, we understand what we need to do to get to the Patriots level. They got a they got a playoff game under their belt. They beat the Bengals, which pretty good defense. They 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 beat a good defensive club. So now the Texans kind of know what they got to do. They're not going to walk around in their Letterman's jackets. They're not going to say anything stupid. They're going to go out and handle their business. This game is going to be a lot closer than people are expecting. I agree I still, with that at least. I still ultimately, we had to turn in our picks. I ultimately am going to give it to the Patriots, but this one's going to be a lot closer. People are going to expect this to be a blowout like the Broncos and the Ravens, but it's certainly not going to be. going to be a very close game, and I just slightly favor the Patriots. Agree with your analysis on it exactly. I, you know... One other thing, though, that makes the Texans, are they have not played well in the last month. And what team has overcome that? That's a, a that's a good question. I wish So I guess Darren Sharper, we're not going to have him walk into Studio 66 in time uh, before we wrap things up. But he's a perfect candidate because I was thinking about this. What precedent is there for the Houston Texans that uh, for a team to just sort of not play well, have a nice record and everything, but sort of fall apart down the stretch, and and then turn it back on in the playoffs. And I guess I was asking this around the newsroom, and I guess the answer is those Saints that won the Super Bowl because they legitimately lose two games with their starters, and then they bench the guys, and then they lose a third. But mm-hmm. they weren't playing well in December. It looked like they weren't going to the Super Bowl as well as they had played up till that point. That What was that, Ought 9? Even the Jets kind of do that. And the Jets went out and beat the Patriots in one of these playoff games too. Yeah, I guess, but not. But, but that wasn't a, they weren't a, 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 a division-winning seed. Fair point. Yeah. The Texans... What about, I mean, here another practical thing that there's just not an answer for if you're the Patriots is what, 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 what is the answer? Uh, they did it the first time around. But J.J. Watt and Connor Barwin and all those guys out there getting some pressure on him. We talk about it all the time that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, for that matter, but he has a, a really good offensive line and he has no Sean Moreno to, to set that off a little bit. And Peyton Manning, by the nature of the way they're running that offense, he's throwing passes more quickly. I'll tell you, Tom Brady does not like guys getting in his face, and if J.J. Watt and company are getting after him, I could see this absolutely being a close game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 1917 Mm -hmm. Patriots. I wouldn't be, you know, I could see 27, uh, you know, 28, uh, 24 kind of game. But I agree with you. I think the Patriots survive, and therefore, if only for the storyline, it'll be great because on one side you'll have the fail Mary rematch, and Peyton versus Brady on the other. Three words. Ooh, la, and la. Wonderful. What, what, wouldn't that be great? And let's see. We could have Broncos. You know, the Broncos could. Here, here's, a, here's a fun one to do. Everyone's talking about their dream pl- Super Bowl matchup. Uh-huh. So what is the worst possible playoff scenario? Baltimore right on? out of the gate is the is the worst one. Ravens, Falcons. 
Ravens Falcons would be the would be the least watched. I would think, right? Yes. That would be terrible. That wouldn't be a good one. We're we're really not. There's some years where you can look at it and you can and you can conjure a really hideous no, matchup. No, I think Texans Falcons would be the worst because with the Ravens you still have Ray Lewis. Could he leave with the, being a Super Bowl uh, champion? Good point. That's great. Texans, That's a great point. Falcons would probably be the worst. They'd be like, ah, really? Well, I'm thinking of uniform matchups too. That's the first place my brain goes. <laughs> Baltimore has the worst uniform remaining. We have all this. We have some pretty good. Uniforms here. Texans could do something. I've with seen their somebody. Somebody online is trying to usurp my authority as the uniform monitor. Somebody is using the hashtag uniform monitor, and I'm like, wait, I haven't rendered any verdicts. Who's unslurping? You mean usurp? Both of them. <laughs> I, well, I, I think I still reign as the uniform monitor. No, no, no. You were deposed. Oh, we didn't talk about this. We, it, we, we because uh, AJ Hawk called in. We didn't finish our headlines. We were going to talk some headlines there. So, all right, uh, we'll finish it with this. I say it will be Denver hosting the Patriots. But what, yeah, what about that? If the Texans have to go in there, well, we'll worry about that when it when when it happens. But uh, yes, we say it'll be Denver and New England on the AFC side, and Green Bay hosting the Seahawks. Or that's a pretty dandy one too. So for before that, let's worry about the short term future. How about for next week? And wouldn't it be nice to be watching Seattle at San Francisco? That wouldn't be bad. The only bad result in is that for the viewing experience is Atlanta moving on in the mm-hmm. NFC side. And outside, you know, I'll take pretty much most of those matchups. Although I just don't buy Joe Flacco's Ravens as a team that can go all the way. So, all right, that's it with that. But now let's just quickly finish with our headlines. Rank your thoughts on Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Sammy Sosa joining Pete Rose on the outside of the Baseball Hall of Fame looking in. We need to find some sort of happy medium between the NFL Hall of Fame and the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. The Major League, there's nobody, they're going to have no Hall of Fame ceremony next year. I mean, I guess the Veterans Committee could induct like Bucky Well, the only way it could be worse than uh, a Hall of Fame, for there to be no Hall of Fame ceremony, is for there to be one inductee, Craig Biggio. Hey, yeah, that second baseman, who was good. Yeah, he was fine. Yeah, he was. Pre- I saw him play a lot. Yeah, he played a long time. Yeah, every time I saw him, I thought, yeah, he plays hard and he plays pretty well. Never thought to myself, yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. He seems spunky. Yeah, I never, I, I never thought uh, that to myself. But are but you? But the NFL, you have a minimum. There has to be at least four people every year. So if mm-hmm. Congress came out today and said, you know what, we're outlawing the NFL. It's too dangerous. It's too violent for our society. The Hall of Fame would elect at least four people every year. Eventually, everybody who ever played mm-hmm. in the NFL True. would be in the Hall of Fame. In the year, like, 30-30, they'd be inducting Dieter Brock into the Pro Football I Hall think, of Fame. I, I mean, I don't know that there are hard and fast rules, but I don't think you can go back for a second Dieter Brock attempt when your first one flamed out. I think that's I pretty think much it's in actuality, I think it's like You I, actually lose a point I, when you have I, a failed way, attempt. Losing I think yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a flare gun. You have one flare. You don't get to another flare once you fire your flare. That's, I, I'm saying that rule. Uh, I, I, that's fast and loose. Whatever. All right. I just don't think it can happen, well, and I'm not going to go for it. Karen, uh, one of our listeners, is keeping track of it. It's up, ultimately up to her discretion. Karen, Karen Swain lost two points. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we need to deduct points. I'm fine with it if that's her ruling. But you can follow rank she's at Adam strict, Rank. She's strict yet fair. At Damashek is the way you track me down, too. So you can hit us up on the Twitter if you so desire. Yeah. Like I say, look. What is the purpose? Talk about classic, cutting your nose to spite your face. Baseball Hall of Fame. 
What with me? I have a, I have a boy. I have a little boy. He's four years old. What is my reason to take him to see the players that I grew? You go to the Hall of Fame on some level to say, hey, this is the guy I grew up watching. Then none of them will be in there. I'm not a fan of Barry Bonds. He's a he's a creep by all accounts. I don't know anybody who's crossed paths with him who says, well, he's a wonderful guy. Oh, he's a terrific fella. Roger Clemens, I don't know much about the guy, but he doesn't seem like uh, he and I would be fast friends either. The fact is, they're the two best, the, 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 inarguably, based on numbers and watching them play and everything else, dominant players of their era or any other era, and they're not in the Hall of Fame, neither is the Hit King. Just statistically, a sport devoted to its numbers. The Hit King, the Home Run King, and one of the all-time winningest starting pitchers, mm-hmm. not in the Hall of Fame. What right. sense does that make? And here's the answer to it. But these guys need to be punished. They need asterisks next to their name if they go into the Hall of Fame. Hey, guess what? They may not literally be there. They already have asterisks next to their names. Mm-hmm. People don't know the Barry Bonds. Everywhere you go, you think that's just going to wash away? Well, people won't know about that in 30 years. They still need to have that stink on them. Oh, they always will. Believe me. People will always know that the early 21st century Patriots were involved in Spygate. And people will always know that Barry Bonds hit a lot of home runs. And maybe they're tainted. Isn't that already established? Wait, that, the you want to have it both ways? You already have it both ways. As long as you put them in the Hall of Fame already. This hokum of keeping these guys out is just ridiculous. What were you saying about the Patriots? Eh, it's fine. By the way, how long has it been since they won the Super Bowl? 30 years. Patriots? Yeah. And I think it's eight years is what it is. When did Spygate happen? How long ago was that? See, they won in two thousand one. Lost. Uh, so that'd be like, wait, if my math's correct, eight years. Eight, eight, and whoa! How about that? Interesting. Um, and uh, and last thing before we wrap it up, we'd be remiss as well, I would be remiss as the uniform monitor. Well, I'm sorry. What was that? What do I need? What am I ruling on? The Miami Dolphins have announced that they're changing their uniforms or changing their logo at least. I feel like I'm oh, no. glad to be heard. It's imp- I, I'm, It feels nice to make a difference in the world. And I have, as you know, I've talked about that Dolphins logo for many moons now. I don't – they were in a bind, the Miami Dolphins. They went out – They their logo is of the Dolphin who plays football. Right. And those are, I, I, I assume – in uh, in small in, in you know very short demand. I mean, where are you getting a, a a dolphin who plays football? But he, for the record, he doesn't play for the Miami Dolphins. He plays for some football team that wears M on their head. For Marshall. So now they're gone. I assume he'll be gone. The dolphin wearing the football helmet. You know, this is a nice bow that you're tying up here mm-hmm. because, like you're talking about Barry Bonds' legacy, even though. Your legacy as the uniform monitor was tarnished, and the reason you were deposed as uniform monitor is because you endorsed those horrific Steelers Bumblebee uniforms. At least you did do some good where you made the Miami Dolphins change that logo, change that inaccuracy. So there is one little thing, and you know what? 30 years from now, people might not even remember that you endorsed those horrible Steeler Bumblebee uniforms. But I stand by it. I stand by it. It was not biased. I don't care what anybody says about me being biased. I didn't like when the Steelers wore those gold hats. Those were ugly in my book. I didn't like those. The gold hats with the white pants, ugh. I like the bumblebee. That looked nice. David. That looks smart. America is a very forgiving society. Andy Pettit, people forget that he took steroids. That's right. Jason Giambi, just own it. They they forget. Own it. 
that the guys who continue to hang on to it. I got you. Clemens, Bonds, those mm-hmm. guys are not in the Don't do this to yourself. I'm just not, come I'm out. Not, what I'm just not come gonna, out. Just admit that you were wrong, and then maybe one day it. you can work no. yourself back to being the uniform Those monitor. guys did something wrong, and then yes, they sure. tried to deny it. I did something right, and I am standing by it. I'm not you flip-flopping. Did you did something wrong, and you won't even admit that you did something I wrong. like those uniforms, and shame on you. And you want to talk about other achievements of the uniform monitor? About five years ago, I got Mr. Carroll and Neuheisel on the telephone mm-hmm. in front of their rivalry right. game, the Victory Bell game, UCLA-USC. I talked to them about returning to wearing those jerseys, the colored jerseys, against each other, and they both did. And Rick Neuheisel gave me credit for it, and Pete Carroll was on board with it, and I coordinated that three massive people in L.A., three humongous figures in Los Angeles. Carroll, Neuheisel, Damashek. We made it happen. Now we've made something else happen. You are welcome, sports world. And that's that. Black tie. You want to wrap it up here, huh? Let's do it. We've gone way too long, guys. Why have we gone More way than too usual. Long? This is we're hitting like one twenty-five right now. Is that right? How People is that possible? Out. That can't be true. That's, that's honestly possible. That's the truth. We haven't even been here for an hour. It's true. I don't know how long we could have gone, but it, I could do another hour and a half without batting an eye. Black tie. You're not. I'm not even letting you do a shout out. Even if you want to do a shout out, I'll do a shout out on the second episode of. Can a you week. imagine First how hard it is? I, you know. It, it, you're listening to me right now. Can you imagine the struggle that I have to go through to put out a podcast once, twice, ma- struggle. three times a week when I am doing, and I speak for rank on this one too, mm-hmm. to do a podcast, to talk and try to be, I don't know, to, to be honest. You know, to, if you try to be interesting, maybe that's a try to be, we, we try to be honest. We share our thoughts, our feelings, and the producer doesn't like us and <laughs> doesn't like our show. Op- can, you imagine, can you imagine I, how hard it does that, that situation is? And we overcome it, and I think we've delivered once again, Rank. Kudos to you and me, at least. Kudos to you. Kudos sir. to you guys, okay? <laughs> you guys are the real champs. <laughs> All right, Black Tie. Yes, we are the real champs. Whoever wins these games uh, this weekend, they're going to be winners and losers. But you know what? Come Monday morning when we walk in here, two winners. All right, Black Tie. Let's uh, let's wrap it up here, then. We'll talk with you on the other side of the divisional round. Again, shame report, ranks pick six, check to the future, a podcast earlier this week. Thanks to A.J. Hawk. Thanks to Troy Aikman. Good times. Good luck to all those teams out there. And uh, we'll be back for more Huey and Applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.